It is a conflict resolution Wednesday, and today's is a bit heavy. Mm. Mm. In fact, today is extremely heavy. What We're talking, talking about, about coping with, dealing with unexpected life-changing events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Myself and Ola are married. Mm-hmm. Tragically, I'm in an accident. Now I'm in a wheelchair. Mm. Mm. What now? Mm. How do you even start navigating that? Mm. Mm. Or your partner suddenly loses their income. Yeah. So there are a whole lot of things that can happen. But it's not just partners. I think it's also family members. Yes. How as family members you cope and deal with these unexpected life changes that are costly, not just financially, Mm -hmm. but emotionally, Emotionally psychologically. Yeah. My boy's younger brother was in an accident, ended up in a wheelchair, Mm. got a decent payout Mm -hmm. uh, from the road accident fund. Yeah. Then the family started fighting, fighting over the payouts. No ways. About what it should be spent on. Like, like what? But he's alive still. I'm the one in the wheelchair exactly. that needs wow. the care. Wow. Why are we fighting about the payout wow. meant to help my life become easier? easier. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's a difficult one because anything can happen at any moment mm. in this life. Mm-hmm. And how do you cope uh, in terms of maintaining relations or what's the new normal? Mm. And does it cause conflict? Maybe you guys found a way that works Mm. for you. Mm. But how do you deal with unexpected life-changing events? We'd love to hear from you. The hashtag is Fresh Breakfast. You can WhatsApp your voice note to 081-577-3333. Dr. Tsepiso Matenji will also be joining us. Sjava Umama. Java on Metro FM. That was Umama. It's 11 minutes after 8. It's a conflict resolution Wednesday. Today we're dealing with how do you cope with unexpected life-changing events that happen either to your family or in your relationship, maybe even in the workplace where all of a sudden your colleague is in a wheelchair mm. and nobody was prepared for that. Yeah. But now you have a colleague in a wheelchair. There are certain sensitivities you have to be aware of. Mm. Is there a ramp? Mm. How do we help? How do we make your life easy? Do we make you feel like, oh, they feel sorry for me Mm. when we offer you all this help? We navigate all of that with Dr. Matenchi next. Fourteen minutes after eight o'clock, the fresh breakfast show on Metro FM, where you're at, and it is a conflict resolution Wednesday. We invite you to give us a call: oh eight nine double one zero double three double seven, or send through your voice notes or WhatsApps: oh eight one five double seven double three double three, and. Uh, Today is all about how you cope with unexpected life-changing events. It could be yourself or it could be somebody in your life that you need to provide support for. Fresh, you got an email. What's that about? Uh, The email says, hi, guys. Please keep me anonymous. I was in a car accident eight years ago, Mm. and I've been in a wheelchair paralyzed from the waist down since. Mm. My wife has stuck around uh, through all of the pain, through all of my anger, through all of my denial. Uh, My big issue right now is I know she's got needs that I'm unable to assist her with. Mm. I keep telling her, I'm fine with you finding someone on the side to help you if you need to. Mm. And we always get into a big fight about that because she says she's not about to do that. Mm. Um, There's another one that's come through on on, uh, Twitter that says, Ish Fresh. I had an accident 2017 and stayed 15 months in hospital due to this car accident. It also burnt me to a point. Both my legs got amputated. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to adapt to this new life. But because I'm a fighter, I don't give up. Please welcome a friend of the show, life coach 
and psychologist and trainer, Dr. Tsepiso Matenji. Hello, Doc. Good morning, family. How are you guys? I'm heavy. <laughs> Doc, you're not family Kisobone in studio, so please. I am trying to clean up my house. I made a mess, so I need to be here. When mm. I come there, I'm going to be 100%. I wonderful, wonderful. Yes. So, so this morning's subject is quite a heavy one because yes. it, when, you, when, you, when you make vows and you say things like in sickness and in health, mm. you don't really think what in sickness could mean. Yeah, that is true. I like the way you said it, eh? Uh-huh. And it's so it hurts when somebody reminds you, "Hey, no, I signed up for this." Mm. And especially when they are reminding you, when in fact you are not ready to deal with the fact that that's what you signed up for in mm. your vows. And also the sense of guilt that the person who is now in sickness uh, watches you almost give up your life and your freedom and your rights and your mm. needs to try and be there for them. Um, and them feeling like I am robbing you of the things that you are worthy of because I'm in a bad situation, mm. then you have to sacrifice yourself. So guilt is one of those things that makes it very difficult for us then to deal with the major life changes and the, the, the pain that goes with the loss of that major significant change in your life. Mm. So that is part of what you actually encounter when major life changes happen. And it could be a loss of uh, mobility because of you've had an accident. It could be a death of a loved one. It could be a loss of income because of you've been retrenched. But it has a major impact on your self-esteem. It has a major impact on your identity, but also your own physical constitution of who you define yourself as, as a whole human being. Do you think as couples there's a bit of merit in discussing these things? That, you know, there's nothing wrong with discussing in the event that mm, I'm paralyzed. Yes. How do we navigate that? Mm. So... That, that is where the difference between theory and practice come in. Let's be honest. When we are in love and we are in a good place, and you are the kind of person like Tipis who likes to talk about deep things, you become a wet blanket. Mm. You are such a wet blanket that you are a mood killer. Can you not do that? Can you not psychologize? Can you not be so serious and so deep? Those types of conversations are threatening. They are also uncomfortable because it means you must put yourself in a situation where you are imagining the worst happening, mm. and the other person might feel like you are testing me. You want to see if I'm mm. really committed. You want to see if I'm really trustworthy. And why are you needing to test me? We will deal with it as it goes. So most of us want to ride the wave when the wave hits us. We will cross mm. that bridge when we come mm. to it. Because if we fixate our minds on it, we become very, very pessimistic, we become melancholic, we become depressed, and then we also contaminate the spaces in which our relationship is trying to thrive, which is let's be positive, let's hustle, let's do what needs to get done to build. So these conversations do not happen. And the reason I'm putting it this way is that I want people to know it is normal not to want to have conversations about difficult issues. It is normal. However, that's like the ostrich that puts it here, its head in the sand, right? Mm. Because we know it is inevitable that something will happen, that that money that you thought you had now no longer is there Absolutely. and everything else that you're going to do is no longer there because there was an accident that devastated everything mm. in your system. So those conversations do not happen. But when you are there, it is then important to have those conversations. Mm. And it is okay to say, now we are here, let's discuss how we're going to do it. I'm afraid. 
I didn't know this is what I was signing up for. And now that we are here, mm. I need time to put it on my own before I can make you promises that I'm going to be there. Or, yes, I hear you're going to be there for me if I'm the one who's the victim. Yes, I hear you're going to be there for me. But I need to deal with the fact that I'm going to make your life stand still while I have to process the fact mm. that you're giving it up for me. Because both sides are going to struggle with the trauma in their own way and they need to process it differently, individually as well as together. Doctor, I want to bring in the part of um, it being around family and you touched on this this issue of conversations not being had. Mm. And I'll use an example that most of us are going to experience, which is the fact that our parents at some point are going to get old and become like children and require a lot of care. Mm. Somehow there'll be a kid in the house who they're stuck with that job mm. and it breeds resentment. Mm. It mm. causes problems in relationships with siblings. But that in itself is a life-changing event without them getting dementia, for example, or suffering diabetes. Because, yes, I'm the younger sibling, but why mm. am I forced mm. to change diapers? And be the one staying at home and not having Lipoku. a life. Yeah, so, I mean, how, how should we address that particular one? Because that one is inevitable. That is a very personal question to me. Um, mm. And I'm actually feeling emotional when you're saying this, because mm. that's what I'm going through. Mm. Um, and you would expect that for me as a psychologist, I should be able to deal with it. But it's not my journey. Mm. I have to be that partner who stays on the sidelines, knows exactly what needs to happen, mm. that we need to see a neurologist. But I have to hold my tongue and not necessarily come across like I'm an expert because mm. of people are not yet ready to process the fact that mm. that's where we need to go. Secondly, I recognize that the people in my space are not necessarily capable of handling this person. And as a result, this person who is now... Um, um, their state of health, their state of mental health is now compromised. They are also not able to make the best decisions yeah. and act in their own best interest. But I can't come up from that perspective. Here's what I'm saying. When you are going through a personal crisis, many times it's not about what you think. It's also not about what you want. You actually have to recognize your entire system and realize that everyone has to go through it in their own pace. At mm. the same time, you have to balance it on what is best for you and what is best for that person that is vulnerable. And those conversations take time. I don't, let's, let's use a, something that is a bit distant from me. You know, I have families who come and they will tell you, Maluma wakula, and then everybody now wants to consider a traditional healer. But we can see where Maluma needs to go to hospital. Mm. But everybody believes Uloi. I don't believe in Uloi. We are not going there. But everyone else wants to feel like I have mm. done what I needed yes. to do to be sure that I've done what was best mm. for Maluma. You know, yes. So those conversations allow us to also then have a, a, reach an agreement, but also feel like our needs have been addressed. Uh, in fact, doctor, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back taking your calls. And this is fresh breakfast traffic. Thank you, Rob. Busy. We'll chat to you tomorrow morning, just after six. Metro FM is where you're at. It's 26 minutes after eight. Wrapping up today's socials with Saul. This is Big Hash on Metro FM with The Schedule. Metro FM is where you're at. It is a conflict resolution Wednesday. Today we're talking navigating unexpected life-changing events. How has it been for you or the family for that matter? Ntogozo says my grandmother got sick to a point where she couldn't walk and needed to be bathed even. Mm. I had to get a transfer. Mind you, she stayed with her sister. But I was told, no, she's your responsibility. I loved that woman and did all I could for her. Problem is, I'm still angry at my family. Of course. Because all of a sudden, it's my responsibility when there's other people in the family. That is from Togozo. Can't be easy. Mm -mm. It isn't. 
Yo, Dr. Tepisomatenchi is in the building. Yes, doctor, please carry on. Yeah, hey, you had to go and scratch our hearts. Hey, can you see all the messages on Twitter? It is so, so deep. Mm. Yeah, this is, this is painful. But anyway, let's come back to work. Yes. So um, here's the, the conversations in terms of how then do you do, how do, how do you recalibrate? How do you adjust to this major shift in your life? And very often from a psychological perspective, we'll want to talk to you about what's happening in your brain, that you've been put in the situation and it is taking you out of skelter uh, and then you don't know how to realign. And that part of making it hard for you to realign is the anxiety that it provokes, the fear Mm -hmm. that whatever it is that is confronting you, you don't know it. And your brain tells you, if you do not know it, it's going to hurt you, it's going Mm -hmm. to harm you, because you can't control it. Mm -hmm. But you need to remind yourself that it's okay, I don't know what's happening, I don't know it, but that doesn't mean it's going to hurt. And there's things that I can do that can minimize any damage or any hurt that can come from it, right? And part of that is, what is the plan? And a lot of us, we struggle first with recalibrating in terms of, no, it doesn't mean it's the end. It doesn't mean there's going to be uh, something that's going to hurt us. If we come up with a plan, it will make us work. But the other part is people take a long time to get to that stage. And that's why sometimes when you're making a plan, you, shouldn't have to, you don't have to include everybody. You have to include people who actually share a common idea with you, and the rest need to be informed. And then you need to make peace with the fact that they will blame you when you've made the plan and you've excluded them and then you must face the consequences of their blame and their wrath. Okay, But when you are making a plan, it's about what do we do? So let's take that example with uh, somebody who's physically disabled or somebody who's suddenly very ill and they can't take care of themselves and you were thrown into it. Yes. Part of making that plan, come on, Neti, mm. is to be aware you're going to have to sacrifice yourself. You're going to have to sacrifice the way your normal life runs. And other people like your children are going to have to say, do not get pizza on Fridays mm. because they're taking care of somebody that they don't really understand why Motosante now compromise our pizza evening on yes, Fridays. Yes. And so the conversation around the plan needs to include all of those vulnerable people mm. so that they know or they've been informed, they understand how they're part of this bigger plan of taking care of granny. They also understand the sacrifices that goes with taking care of granny. But they also know they have pay mission to have time off to just do what they need to do to be themselves because some of us i get you a superwoman right mm. you are taking care of my husband how you're being selfish how can you go into the weekend live like a play dating i love when a daddy is not okay yeah. as if those kids have stopped being children just because daddy is not okay yes daddy is not okay but they didn't marry daddy you married them. Yeah, so you can't expect that by proxy, they need to be making sacrifices mm-hmm. that abandons their sense of childhood because of when they are taking care of daddy. And that is part of what then breeds that environment, their resentment and anger. Mm-hmm. That the sacrifices that goes with now the decision to take care of this person, to put that plan into place, mm-hmm. compromises even your own self-care strategies and other people's self-care. Uh, Doc, did you hear that? What? The chorus out there. Why is she not in parliament today? <laughs> <laughs> You're making me feel better. I told you this is a very emotional issue for me, and I appreciate that. Oh, good. That's very good self-care. This is also therapy for me today. Okay. Uh. We're hanging out with Dr. Sepiso Matenchi. When a life-changing event happens unexpectedly, how do you manage? How are you coping? Call us. We'll take all of your calls next. Today, for Conflict Resolution Wednesday, we're talking about when you have to cope with unexpected life-changing events. Mm. It could be anything. It could be having to care for a suddenly very ill grandparent or an elder in the family. Yeah. Or suddenly getting an instant family because 
your sister's passed away, now you have to take her kids in. Now there's three kids mm-hmm. yes. that can't look after themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it, it really could be so many scenarios. Or you're told, since when you don't have kids, you're going to have to look after your sister's Dude. kids now. Dude. Yeah. yeah. 8.44, Fresh Breakfast on Metro FM. Conflict Resolution Wednesday. Having to deal with, cope, live with unexpected life-changing events. Begzola on Twitter says, I'm in a wheelchair. Please ask the doctor, how do you even start to deal with the neglect you get and mm. the rejection from my family, oh. my friends, even oh. my partner? Mm. I'm in a wheelchair. Hmm. That's from Begzola. I, that is so painful, Zola. Um, and, and the unfortunate part is that people have the right to choose where they want to support you or not. Yeah. And when it is people that you thought would have your back in your darkest hour, when they choose not to support you, it feels like a very deep betrayal. Mm. It's so difficult to reconcile in your head. But the other part is that when you do not feel like you've got a way to make a plan to make it work without their support, it's even more difficult. So then we have to be practical. Okay, the people around you are not able to support you. Are there bodies? Are there organizations? Are there, are there, are there, are there, are there what, what do you call them? Um, charities that can support someone like you. For example, somebody like Kumba was running a campaign to get wheelchairs for people mm. um, who are in the community. So then you look outside of your immediate circle to see if you can connect those types of resources um, to yourself so that you can access that kind of support. Sure. And unfortunately, that's the reality of a lot of people, mm. that when they need uh, support in the darkest hour, their significant others within their nucleus are not there to support them. Mm. But then we say they do not have access to additional resources outside of that circle. And again, the ease. It's just about speaking to the right person. So sometimes it's about reading the newspaper, uh, looking on TV, going on social media, speaking, listening to somebody and saying, hey, it's a piece of I heard you speak on the radio. Mm. Do you know anybody who can connect me? It is okay to give yourself permission to do that. Mm. Especially because once you let go of the fact that people are refusing and you refuse to keep yourself in a disempowered level. When you allow your mind to say, Bahana, they have the right for Bahana. I'm mm. willing to go outside of them to make it because I believe I'm worthy of it. Mm. Then you can actually start exploring other alternatives. Sure. Now, what I also want to ask, we have, we have social workers in our communities. We have people in our church that actually have access to resources. I need you to break the silence because some of us, we struggle because we are ashamed. We are guilty. We isolate ourselves because we don't want to be a liability to other people. Unfortunately, when you are in that situation where change has hit you, you can't do it alone. It is okay to cry out. And as black people, we don't like speaking about it because Arabic pity mm. we don't want to be shamed. It is okay to speak up. Now, I also want to talk about the people who you've agreed it's, it's for better or worse, You've agreed that you're going to be there for this person. Now you need to prove to everybody that you can do it. You're a superwoman or you're a superman. You know, Hori, it's okay to take time off, to go and recalibrate, to go and take care of yourself. It is okay to say, I'm tired. Mm. I need time off. So some of us, we ignore the fact. Last week we were talking about compassion fatigue and compassion satisfaction and, and burnout. When you are taking care of somebody who's 100% dependent on you and you don't have that support, you get tired of that person. You also get tired of yourself, the fact that your life has been sucked out of you. Mm-hmm. It is okay to take time off to go and heal. It's, it's okay to do self-care strategies. It is okay to ask for help for people to step in for a few minutes. Give yourself permission. Otherwise, you're going to end up burning out and being resentful. All right, uh, we've got Maite on the line. Maite, good morning. Good morning, Fresh Breakfast team. Thank you for joining us. So what's on your mind this morning? Um, 
back to the topic, uh, what happened to me was that in 2016, my mother had four kids. And then at the end of 2017, I was the only one left. Wow. So I lost, I lost three siblings, three siblings, and then I also lost a father. Wow. So now I'm only left with my mother to take care of all my niece and nephews. And then at times I feel like it's adding more strain to my husband. Yes. Because now we have to look after our daughter, and then he also has to help me look after all my niece and nephews. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how how is it affecting your relationship? He was very supportive because he's been through a similar case mm. in his family. So even now he's still being supportive, but at times I still feel like it's just too much strain on him. Mm. Mm. What conversations do you have with him? Do you guys discuss it or is it just the elephant in the room? It's more the elephant in the room. We never really discuss it in detail. Mm. Mm. Doctor, do you have some input uh, here on this particular one? Because it is very complex. Yes, I want to know why you are not talking about it. What's the reason you're not talking about it? At times I feel like the more I talk about it, I don't, it's the more I actually keep thinking about it more. Okay. So I usually try and avoid talking about it. Mm. Even if just to say, uh, baby, thank you for understanding. Are you worried that you're going to lose him? At times, I do get worried about that. So do you think maybe some of the reason you don't want to talk about it is because you're afraid he might express feelings that might look like he wants to yes. leave? Yes. Doctor, I don't because, know what... Because mm-hmm. I feel like financially, it's just getting too much for him. Yeah, mm. it's much, much more than he signed up mm. for. Mm. Do you realize that when you are saying this, you are actually exercising empathy. You are putting yourself... Just in the way that Rilbogil is asking you questions and what I'm asking you, you're putting yourself in his shoes. And sometimes the conversation, you break it through by actually trying to appreciate the other pen's position. To say, you know, I know that this is not what you signed up for. How do you feel about it? If it was me, and I know you've been through this with your family, now you're doing it second time around. It must be overwhelming, you know. It must take the romance out of it, you know. What, what are you going through? Talk to me. And sometimes it's not an issue of him putting it into words. He may be communicating non-verbally. So I'm trying to say to you, part of the conversation on how you deal with it is to also acknowledge where the other person is coming from. Mm-hmm. Because there's this level of grieving that goes with taking on responsibility that knocks you out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And we, we think grief only happens because of death. But no, life changes, major life changes create grief because you lose your sense of identity. You lose your sense of freedom and your mental health is also compromised. And that also triggers depression and anxiety. So you want to have a conversation that allows that person to take, to feel like you see my pain, you see my sadness, you see my sense of overwhelmness and I'm not alone. And it's okay for me to complain about it without even me putting it into words. Because I think sometimes when you're supporting some people, there seems to be an underlying message that you're not allowed to complain. <sighs> the legacy on Metro FM. This is Utando. It's 8.56. Conflict resolution Wednesday. When sudden or not so sudden life-changing events happen to us, mm-hmm. how do we even start dealing with this? Lebo says, my mother fell sick and needed immediate care. I had started a new job, and you can imagine not having leave days. I opted to take care of my mother. I left the job, chose to nurse her. She sadly passed away, Mm. but I do not regret for any minute that I'd quit my job. 
Doctor, because we're running out of time, I want to just quickly go into pointers that listeners can take out of this conversation in terms of before the incident happens and once it's happened. May we take a quick call before we do that, Doc? Just one last call, please. Uh, Okay, no, carry on, Doc. Uh, Apparently, we've we've lost Anonymous. So in terms of before it happens, because change and traumatic events actually look at, they build your resilience, but that depends on how you go into them. Mm-hmm. And some of the changes that you are encountering in your life, when you do not deal with them head on and you do them, deal with them effectively, they undermine your resilience factors. So how you build resilience before a major life uh, changing factor and afterwards, it's how you invest in building re- resilience within yourself. The first one, what can you control? Determine what are the things that you have control over that you are responsible for. If you overload your plate with everything, you're not you're gonna be feel overwhelmed and you're not gonna have control over everything. Mm. You don't have control over what Malumi says, you don't have control over what Rakadi says. What can you control when your mom is sick? And then you actually limit the things that you're gonna play in and that you can actually influence and that you can be held responsible for. The second one, self care. I've been saying it about it. Do not think that it is love when you are burning yourself out, mm. spreading yourself to sin, being everything to everyone, when you'd actually be saying, uh uh-uh. uh. Not today. I can shop, but my mom is sick. A simple thing like your mom is sick, you're paying a lot of money to take care of her, and a medical aid. Yet you are still busy be involved in Hopatala society, and you're attending other people's funerals. Say no. Part of self-care is knowing your limits and being able to have boundaries and uh, uh, enforcing those boundaries and saying no to certain people. The, second, the third thing is check what you're saying inside of your head, your internal chatter. Your biggest, your biggest weakness is the words that you say to yourself. If you are bashing yourself and you're thinking, ah, oh, you're being selfish or style, yes, they're going to make a fool of you, you are alone. Oh, I can't do this. All of those negative thought patterns, they undermine your resilience. Sorry to, to, to cut you, you doctor. Bad. I really want us to give the call an opportunity to get some of your wisdom. Who have we got in line, Fresh? Anonymous, hi. Hi, how are you? We're good. What's on your mind, Anonymous? Okay, basically, uh, about three years back, uh, my partner was not having such a good job, no security, no stability. So I worked hard to build a resume and get him a job, and then he got that job. And I was earning more because I had a better education background. So when I lost my job, I split my bills between my mom and him. Mm. And his responsibility was steady. It was There were things to be paid on the 25th and the end of the month. But he'd make me beg, even though he knew it was coming. We've been doing this for the past 12 months while mm-hmm. I'm looking for another job. But he always makes me feel smaller than I am. I'm already feeling bad that I'm in this position mm-hmm. because I used to carry the bigger bulk of our expenses. So now he's making me feel small by giving me the money late all the time. Mm-hmm. I just basically told him to go and grow up because I couldn't take it anymore. I already feel small on my own. I don't mm. need someone else making me feel like I'm nothing. And there's an indignity yes. in having to ask your husband for money mm. that he knows exactly. you need. Mm, mm, mm. Doctor, oi. input to them? You're, yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like I don't have enough time to make my point. Mm. I'm going to ask her to send me an email because just in the way that you've spoken it, it sounds to me like you are feeling hurt that he's not reciprocating, he's not providing the support to you, to you like you did to him. And also that he's being selfish in only looking at his own interests and doing things at his own pace rather than looking at your needs. And that conversation there, even though I don't think you intend it to be, but it makes it sound like you're feeling entitled. And he, by the way, he has the right not to reciprocate. In terms of the partnership, he should. As a good husband and maybe in terms of societal values, he should. But he has the right not to want to be there for you and if he makes that choice not to be there for you what your options are what do you want to do about it that's actually the conversation i would like us to have 
Hey, if only there was more time, if only there was more time. This is such a critical subject for this particular conflict uh, resolution. And maybe uh, another time we can pick up a part two. So many of you have been sending through your WhatsApps and your tweets. Apologies that we couldn't get uh, through to all of them. Doc, where do we find you online? Um, on um, Twitter at Timatent. My website is www.matinji.com. Our email is admin at matinji.com. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, everyone. All right, then. Do we have time for a quick WhatsApp? Or are we done? A quick one. You might as well. You're well, already Zama, why are you hiding? <laughs> <laughs> She's lying. Balaman. I'm in the entertainment industry. For the past six months, I lost a grandparent and an aunt, my sister's, my father's sister. During that period, my father has been on trial. And beginning of this week, he was denied bail. Uh, we then find out he is uh, has a chronic illness. Mm. Uh, my work life is doing well. It's my escapism. But my personal life is falling apart by the second. The most painful part is keeping a front and pretending I'm okay. Mm. I'm trying to conceive and I'm failing. Every time I'm in the car, all I do is cry. Mm. I don't know how to deal with the fact that my, my dad is ill and could be spending the rest of his life in prison. Mm. That is from Anonymous. Amen. It's crazy what people are dealing with. Yeah, Our thoughts are with all of you. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us, especially on such important subjects and for joining us for the music. Leaving you with no thought for today because our minds are heavy. The bridge is next.